Chapter 1 of Innocencia, a story of the prairie regions of Brazil. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Piotr Natter. Innocencia, a story of the prairie regions of Brazil, by the Viscount of Taunay. Translated by James William Wells. Dissertin and Dissertanejo. Translator's Note. The term Sertão expresses any very thinly peopled prairie region in the distant interior of Brazil, and the inhabitants, Sertanejos, invariably follow the occupation of cattle breeding. End of translator's note. The road from the town of Santana to Paranaíba to the abandoned pass of Camapuan crosses a little known and thinly inhabited zone of the southeast part of the vast province of Mato Grosso, from that town, which is situated nearly at the junction of the territories of São Paulo, Minas Gerais, Goiás, and Mato Grosso, to the river Sucuriu, distant some hundred and sixty miles, one travels conveniently from habitation to habitation more or less distant one from the other. After crossing the river, the houses become more and more rare. Long hours are spent on the journey, even entire days, without seeing either house or inhabitant, until is reached the ranch of jose pereira the advanced guard of those solitudes a sound and hospitable man is he and one who welcomes the traveller in his far extending desert with a hearty welcome and provides him with provisions for a journey to the distant campos of miranda and piquiri or of vacaria and Nioac on the lower paraguay note campos or prairies End of note. Beyond this house commences the complete solitude known as the Sertão Bruto. Note, the wild Sertão, or wilderness. End note. There, as one camping ground for the night succeeds the other, neither inhabited nor ruined house or thatched hut offers to the traveller a shelter from the chills of night, against the storm that threatens, or from the falling rain. Everywhere reigns the calm and peace of untilled regions, Everywhere the vegetation is virgin, as virgin as when, for the first time, it there burst into life. The road that crosses these wild regions is a trail of coarse white sand, the predominating element of the soil, which is, however, fertilized by innumerable limpid gurgling brooks, whose waters are so many tributaries of the Paraná or the Paraguay. This sand, loose and coarse-grained, is bleached so white that it reflects with intensity the rays of the sun as they strike the plain. In some places it is so soft and loose that the hoofs of animals of travelling troops sink in to their fetlocks, and many a horse or mule falls exhausted with the fatigue of a journey in such terribly heavy ground. But from one side or other of the road, frequent paths lead the wayfarer to a firmer soil in the less beaten track of the cerrado or jungle. Translator's Note Cerrados are usually a species of dwarf forests composed of shrubs and trees of three to fifteen feet in height, more or less close to one another. Sometimes these trees attain a greater development and form the transition to capoeiras. A good idea of the cerrados may be formed by picturing an ordinary English orchard with all the intervening spaces filled with grass and shrubs. End of translator's note. If the aspect of the road appears ever the same, its monotony is compensated for by the great variety of the landscape. Now it is a perspective of the cerrados, not the dwarfed vegetation of the cerrados of São Paulo and Minas, 
but of lusty and elevated trees which if they do not develop to the magnitude they are capable of when watered by limpid streams still they shadow their localities with their abundant boughs and show in their smooth bark all the strength of their alimentary sap now the eye gazes towards the blue horizon far away towards vast rolling campos covered with matted tall yellow grass the uninterrupted growth of ages or else with a delicate sward brilliantly green and dotted with wild flowers sometimes appears a succession of luxuriant clumps of woodland so regular and symmetrical in their disposition that their beauty equally surprises and delights the eyes of the traveller finally there are barren marshy or dry sandy tracks where in the hollows are thorny thickets of the lofty boridi palm and the wild pineapple these campos which appear so varied in the diversity of their colours the tall yellow grass dry and parched or the verdant carpet of light green are transformations caused by the hand of some passing muleteer who by accident or for diversion drops a light upon the grass already dried by the heat of the tropical sun the incendiary carelessly watches the effect of his work a breeze comes a tongue of fire rises tremulously as if hesitating where to precipitate itself over the vast space it contemplates the breeze blows stronger instantly from a thousand points burst forth the checkered flames leaping one to the other over the intervening areas with the contortions of snakes writhing darting and gliding anon a broad sheet of fire or myriads of fiery darts send heaven towards dense clouds of black smoke and rushing onwards with fierce sullen roar and startling reports sweep over the plain to hold only by the margin of some stream which stops the way unless the wind with vivacious breath carries yet onwards the work of destruction but when for want of feeding that fierce impetus is calmed everything becomes covered with ashes the fire here and there detained to consume more slowly some obstacle gradually dies away until all is extinguished leaving as a sign of its passage the white sheet that followed its swift career through the now smoke-laden atmosphere the sun peers pale and wan the destruction is complete the heat intense in the air float particles of burned grass straw and grains of charcoal which in the eddies of the air form into little vortices and rise or fall and embrace us in a cloud of cinders or capriciously whirling to and fro in columns like water-sprouts seem to charge one against the other melancholy reigns supreme on every side is a gloomy sombre perspective if however some days hence there falls a copious rain it would seem as if a magic wand had been passed over those sombre lands and traced such enchanted gardens as never were seen vegetation develops with marvellous activity life is transformed there is not a spot in which the grass is not piercing the ground the young sprouts seeming to watch with a peeping eye the moment to expand into liberty nothing can impede that resurrection to hide from view the erstwhile sad scene one night only is sufficient to spread over all a lovely carpet of bright light green a carpet of green satin afterwards gathering their strength the flowers of the campus spring forth and spread to the breeze of the desert their delicate petals loaded with the first offerings of their sweet perfumes if however these life-bestowing showers fail to appear then for many months 
these fire-devastated campos will remain a cemetery of vegetation lugubriously illumined by the sun without a shade without a charm without a hope of life with all their gay flowers and verdant grasses hidden as if sullen or sad that they have been denied the means to deck the earth with their gay colours as of yore in these melancholy regions not even is heard the cry of the coy perdith a bird which is so abundant before the campos are burned only now and then echoes over the silent wastes the prolonged cat-like scream of some hawk as it flies by overhead or approaches the earth to seize some reptile half scorched by the prairie fire the eagle-like cry of the caracara also occasionally breaks the otherwise profound silence as in long leaping bounds it procures its food of insects and small snakes or flying close to the ground follows a flight of turkey buzzards directed by their keen olfactory nerves to some putrid carcass the caracara is the messmate of those foul birds when it is hungry it will feed on carrion and interrupted as it may be with some sharp pecks from its amiable companions it tears away at the unclean feast if the caracara passes within sight of a hawk then the latter will precipitate itself upon the former with a fierce charge and striking it with the points of its wings stun its antagonist apparently only for the sake of showing its the hawk's incontestable superiority such are the campos when unwatered by the rain with what pleasure therefore will the certanejo hurry towards the capoes clumps of forest which he sees far away near the foothills of distant serras and surrounding some springs bordered by graceful pindahebas and boritis with what pleasure he will salute those groves of beautiful palms the indicators of crystal waters to quench his thirst and bathe his sunburned brow sometimes these palms form avenues of singular regularity in their height and disposition but more commonly they form compact groups of noble columns amongst which smaller and younger growths fill the intervening space or follow the winding courses of tributary springs the capoes at once attract attention translator's note the word is guarani indian and signifies islands of forest in a sea of grass End of translator's note. In the distance they appear as black spots, nearer as domes of verdure. Finally, on approaching them, as islands of luxuriant foliage, each one a restful oasis for the weary limbs of the traveller exhausted with fatigue, a shade for his sun-dazzled eyes and sun-scorched face. He hurriedly unpacks his animals and drives them to pasture where they will and eagerly he seeks the shady recesses of the wood where a peaceful rest and refreshing sleep restores to him new life and vigour to continue his journey these blissful moments are to the man of the sertan really incomparable and superior to everything that his imagination can idealise having satisfied the thirst which has parched his throat and hastily swallowed a few spoonfuls of farinha of manioc or of pounded maize sweetened with some pieces of rapadura he suspends his hammock and with a profound sigh of relief he reposes therein his weary limbs and negligently contemplates the pale azure sky flecked with fleeting snowy clouds the gleamy foliage of the pale white-stemmed pindahebas the tops of the flowering ipes or the fronds of boriti palms lisping sweet music without end in the passing breeze how beautiful are those palms the smooth trunk a stately column light grey in colour 
without a single discoloration of lichen or weather, carries at its summit a dense array of far-reaching, smooth, and channeled stems, which terminate in fan-like flexible leaves tremulously fluttering in the flightest puff of air, and scintillating in the rays of the sun with gleams of emerald and gold. At the springing of the leaf-stems, and well protected by solid and strong spaves, hang great bunches of golden-brown cones, so hard that, for a time, they defy even the iron beaks of the macaws. Yet what vigor these noisy screamers will employ to obtain those succulent fruits! They congregate in groups, some all crimson as a flame of fire, others of variegated colors, others, on the contrary, of deep azure blue. Holding on to leaf-stems, and gravely balancing or swaying their bodies to and fro, their never-ending harsh screams resound far and wide over the immense areas of the campus, a noisy clamor without an object, unless when it is redoubled as a group dispute for the possession of the same fruit. But nearly always they are found in pairs, billing and cooing side by side. The Sertanejo sees all this only with eyes heavy with slumber. The eyelids close drowsily, although well he knows that these groves are the haunt of the jaguar and the anaconda. He is a fatalist and confides in his destiny, and, without further effort or thought, sleeps with tranquillity. The hours pass away. The sun glides slowly to its bed. The breeze freshens until the wind blows strong and brisk. The boritis no longer lisp their music. They wail and groan as the streaming leaves are convulsively agitated. It is the evening that has arrived. Then the traveller awakens. He wraps his eyes and yawns as he lazily stretches his arms, gapes, drinks a little fresh water, and then remains seated some moments, gazing from one side to the other and whistling softly. Finally he proceeds in quest of his horse or mule. Once mounted, he journeys on, easy in mind and body, towards a predetermined camping-place for the night. What a melancholy descends upon the earth with the fall of day! The solitude seems to extend so far away that the aspect of its very vastness creates a sensation of timidity, by no means lessened, as darkness creeps rapidly over the plains and shrouds the various scattered groups of distant shrubs and woodlands into cloudland, for in the distance a veil of purple haze gradually unfolds itself in a soft and uniform color, above which, here and there, the tops of lofty palms for a while longer glow in the lingering beams of departing day. At this hour the heart throbs, as with some inexplicable fear. Any sudden sounds startle one rudely, now the sad cry of the Zhao in the woods, now the plaintive notes of the bucarao floating in the dewy atmosphere, or a partridge uttering its melancholy long-drawn wail, a signal for its missing mate to return to its nest ere the darkness renders that impossible. Whosoever travels attentive to intimate impressions will tremble, in spite of himself, at hearing in these moments of sadness the toll of a church bell far away, or maybe the strident screech of a locomotive. These sounds which create this illusion are but those of insects or of birds hidden in the bush. Yet so real and perfect is the deception that, no matter how one may be convinced to the contrary, 
the conjured up memories of old scenes create a craving to fly at once to those real outer worlds to rush far away from the present sensation of uncanniness and fantasy the certanejo who troubles not himself about anything who hears not the harmonies of evening who notices not the splendours of the sky who sees not the sadness loom over the earth who fears nothing and lives consubstantially with the solitudes he holds and casting a glance round about him if in his neighbourhood he discerns some water bad though it may be he dismounts and unharnesses his animal and more for the sake of destruction than for necessity collecting some dry wood applies to it a fire from his tinder-box he feels perfectly happy for there is nothing to disturb the peace of his mind or the well-being of his body he is not even a monologist as are other men accustomed to daily intercourse with their fellow-beings his thoughts are few for he remembers only the leagues he has travelled or computes the number he has yet to travel in order to reach the end of his journey on the following day when the dawn awakens all that virgin nature he mechanically recommences his journey he observes no difference in the heavens the clouds are the same as before the sun passes the cardinal points and the earth only calls for his attention when some recognized feature serves to mark a milestone on the road he travels ah he exclaims aloud on seeing some gigantic tree or a particular configuration of the land i have reached the big puva tree or i have arrived at the high cliff to the camp of the jacare it is sixteen long miles and glancing towards the sun he concludes three hours from now i shall be lighting by fire there are some days when the certanejo will whistle to sing is rare even his best attempt is in a low voice like one communing with himself rather than notes from the robust chest his principal diversion is to reply to the cry of the partridge or to the majestic call of the timid sabele to the roar of the jaguar he is indifferent at the most he notices only the numerous tracks of the animal which intersect the road in all directions what a bicho he murmurs as he contemplates a footprint unusually deep in the sand with a good dog i would soon drive that diao into a corner and cram some lead into his muzzle the legitimate certanejo the explorer of these deserts is a man without family whilst a young man his only object of life is to see new regions to tread the wild campus where the food of man hath ne'er or rarely been to wade through unknown rivers explore their sources or penetrate the depths of the virgin forest his pride increases in proportion to the extent or importance of the journeys he has made his greatest pleasure is to enumerate the brooks he has crossed the streams he has named the serras he has climbed the swamps he has daringly traversed or with rare patience spent days in travelling round every year that ends adds something to his valuable knowledge adds another stone to the monument of his innocent pride no one can come up to me he proudly and emphatically exclaims in the campos of the vacaria in the sertão of the mimosa or in the swamps of the pequiri i am king this presumption of royal magnificence inspires him with a mode of speech and gesticulation truly majestic in its rude manifestation he feels assured that he can never be lost in the wilderness and the feeling seems to carry him beyond the unknown and allows him the license of infallibility 
If he extends an arm and points over space in a certain direction, he declares peremptorily, In this direction, eighty miles hence, is a wild serra, and beyond it a deep river, or there twenty miles from here is a thick tangled forest on the borders of a morass if you go straight on in five days you will come up with the camping ground of the tattoo on the road to cuyaba what he describes in one direction with the same imperturbable serenity and assurance he will indicate in any other when he is describing his discoveries the only demonstration that he will admit from any other is one of admiration the slightest suspicion of doubt or inattention at once brings a flush of anger to his face, and his gestures speedily denote his indignation. "'You do not believe me,' he then replies. "'Then teach your own beach on the road, as I have told you. But listen, on the third day's journey it will be decided who is a liar and a humbug. It is one thing to converse of, but quite another to find one's way through these worlds of Cristo.'" Translator's Note Bicho is significative in Brazil of any mortal or immortal thing or substance, from a ghost to an elephant, a flea to a locomotive. In this case it is applied to a horse or a mule. End of translator's note. When the sertanejo begins to age, when his limbs feel tired and heavy, when the eyes become dimmed, the once sturdy arm requiring an effort to wield the hatchet that procures him the stipe of the cabbage palm or the succulent wild honey, it is then that he takes unto himself a wife, generally some widow or else a near relation. He builds his house and school, and eventually prepares his sons and his grandsons for the free and adventurous life which offered him so many charms in the days gone by. These disciples, steep in curiosity to witness the grand scenes of nature so often described, one fine day desert the paternal roof, and scattering in various directions, each one proceeds on his solitary way to the confines of the Paraná, to the bushlands of São Paulo, to the tablelands of Goyas, or the wilderness of Mato Grosso. In fact, to anywhere where there are desert solitudes, they go to put in practice all they have so well attended to, thinking always of the exploits of their celebrated master and progenitor. End of chapter 1